The scripture reading today will be from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed, blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. beautiful song that we've sung about the grace of God reaching us, the reminder to us of where we were before that grace touched us, before we responded to that grace to find that hope of eternal life. Appreciate Nolan and the reading of the scripture this morning for us to reflect upon this marvelous, marvelous grace. Love the song that we sung. It's a beautiful song that always touches the, the soul to remind ourselves how great that grace is that reaches out to us. That love that God has showed upon us that gives us that privilege, that honor, that obligation, and that hope that through his blood and our obedience to it, that we indeed could find that hope of eternal life with him one day. The wonderful concept that we have of that grace of God. Grace means the goodwill or the loving kindness or favor. Popular definition is it's an unmerited favor. We have not earned it. We have not deserved it outside the fact that we have been created in the image of God and after his likeness. The fact that he had planned our redemption that we were discussing briefly in the auditorium class this morning, before the foundation of this world, he planned to redeem us knowing that we would fall short. But even as after he has created us in his own likeness and after his own image, we have chosen not to follow that and to go a different way. And yet God still loves us, patient with us, desiring that we would listen, believe, obey that glorious message of salvation through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Scripture reading under the song is out of the book of Romans, and in chapter 3, verse 23, we know pretty well, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We come short, but we have freely been justified by the blood of Christ. We do not earn it. We have not deserved it. But because of his great love for us, he has so provided that for us. A little bit later in Romans in the fifth chapter, talks about this love of God being poured out in verse 5 and following, reminding us of the depths of that love. Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Again, the concept of spending time and understanding or meditating upon the depths of God's love for us. That reminder, how do you comprehend, one, the love that God would send his son to die for every sin that man has created, even knowing that man would reject for the most part and ridicule that sacrifice and yet still do it. If he loved you enough to die for your sins, while you were an enemy of his and hostile towards him, how much more do you believe that he loves you now that you are his child? As his enemies, if you will, he has created us a place to live that is described as the footstool of God But for those that he loves as his children, home is described not as the footstool of God, but home is described as the throne of the living God to dwell in his house forever. How much love is there for you? 
And if that love is there before as you were enemies, and if that love is there for you as his child, how much is he willing to work with you as his child? We know from the human experience that children are not always obedient. We know from the human experience that children do not always do what they're asked to do or to do it with the attitude that would be pleasing in the eyes of the parent. I've heard children... And I know children, this one, who did things that was asked of him by the parent, but not in the most kind, obedient, and cheerful manner. And God works with us. If we can again, as we have those scriptures given for us, if we can again catch that depths of his love, his grace reaches me, how great it is, and how lovingly he works with us, how willing he is to forgive, to restore, to renew, and to remove all previous transgressions that have been committed. And through it all, For us to know as his children that ours is just a love response back. We're reminded in the Gospel of Luke over in chapter 17 and in verse 10. Read down to verse 10. It's always interesting again to see human response to the life that they're asked to live. Verse 4, if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, repent, you shall forgive him. And verse 5, an apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Is that not how we respond? If I'm asked to forgive seven times in a day, forgive and to restore. The disciples, remind yourself who they are. Remind yourself of what they were able to do at this particular time. Remind yourself of what they gave up and following Jesus, to follow Jesus. And then to hear, they say to the Lord, increase our faith. They've done miracles. They've raised the dead. They've cast out demons. They've done a lot of things. 
And yet when asked, or yet when told that if a brother sins against you, and each time he sins against you, he comes and saying, I repent, you are to forgive him. The human side says, I'm going to need more faith than that. The Lord says, you have the faith that you need, the grain of a mustard seed. You have what you need to do what is being asked of you by God. Whatever it is, regardless of how difficult it is in our sight or our understanding, we are given what we need to be the child of the living God and to do the will that he wants us to do. Dropping down to verse 10 then. Verse 9 says, Servant, do the food that needs to be done and so forth. Verse 10, So likewise you, when you have done all those things which are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. When I have forgiven every transgression set against me by a brother and forgiven him, Jesus is saying, you've only done what you've been asked to do. You've done nothing more. You have no room for boasting. You're not a kind, generous person. You're not a loving person to say, well, listen, how many, how many times have you sinned against me and how many times have I forgiven you? He says, that's not even the question. You have what you need to do what you're being asked to do. You're being asked to live a godly life here on this earth, and you have been given what you need to live this godly life on this earth. You have what you need. But we are like the apostles. You know how tremendous that task is? Do you know what's being asked of us for a lifetime to have this forgiving spirit towards another and to hold and to harbor no grudge against another? That when I have forgiven my brother, it's gone. I'm not harboring that against him. I'm not tallying that up against him. I'm not looking for number 491. If I am, I have not done what's been asked of me by God. But he's saying, I have given you. If he has loved you so much while you were an enemy, how much more do you believe he loves you now that you are his son? And if you are his son, and he went to great lengths to make you his son or his child, how much more do you believe that he will work with you as his child? Look what he gives to us. We're blessed with that written word that they did not have in that first century or into the degree that we have it today. Look what he's given to us. Look what he's provided for us. And look at the help that it gives to us. His son to dwell in us. His word to guide us the Father to forgive us, the Father to strengthen us, in order for us to be able to do the things that God would want us to do. That grace of God that has brought salvation down to man, how great it was. But how much greater is it 
But now that he's brought it down, how much greater is that grace that he wants to be able to then take us up to be with him? Oh, the depths of God's love. How marvelous it is. How long-suffering it is. And how patient it is. As parents, we know about long-suffering, working with our children as they're growing. Believing that they can do better. It's a question we ask if some of ours, as well as life was asking me, I know you can do better than what you're doing. They've been happy if I've been a C student, but I like my first letter of my name, and so that's what I got a lot of times. But God has confidence. You can do better. It's not on you. I mean, it's not on your own that you're able to do better. I've given you what you need. But do, do we not also see that that's true physically? Whatever I have, whatever I'm able to do, it's because God gave that to me. The body. The mind. The capability of doing whatever it is and to achieve and to move on and do other things. That's only because God has already given that to me. And how marvelous that is. It is an absolute joy and a marvel to watch a young baby learn to begin to do things. To see them begin to crawl and to walk. To hear them to begin to, how how do they do that? Learn how to formulate words to speak the marvel of that creation and of that creation is only temporary and the spiritual creation is eternal how much greater is that how much greater is God working with us that enables us then as a spiritual being to grow spiritually to learn to do some of the things that the apostles at that time thought was impossible. Seven times in a day? The human sign says again that by the time the third time they'd done it in the day, you've already become suspicious. I don't believe you're sincere. Particularly by the seventh time in the day, I don't think you're serious at all. But how many times Do we lay our petitions before God? How many times in a day do we lay our petitions before God? God, forgive me. God, I lost control today. God, I said some things I should not have said. I used emotions that were not appropriate. I've done things I ought not to have done. How many times in a day do we approach God for forgiveness? And how many times in a day do we honestly believe and expect that God will forgive? You better believe he will forgive. Why are you petitioning him? You have confidence that he will forgive. 
You have confidence in what his word has said. Once you confess them, they've been taken away. And God remembers them no more. We can stand pure in his eyes because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the depths of his love. How much is that impacting our life of wanting to be that child that wants to imitate the Father? I want to draw closer to God. I want to be more like him. Do I really? I'm given ample opportunities as I walk on this earth to display godly qualities. I'm given ample opportunities as I walk on this earth to develop characteristics that God demonstrates towards us. God is, what? God is long-suffering towards us. Not willing that what? Not willing that any should perish. But what? But that all should come to repentance. Wow! Is that characteristic demonstrated in my life? Long-suffering. I talked to you about the Lord once. You didn't respond. I'm done. I'm moving on. Has God ever done that with us? Do we ever think he would do that with us? Why do we do it with others? Where is that long-suffering? Not willing, for, not willing for any to perish. Does not matter who it is. It matters not what they have done. It matters not how horrible that I see it. God is not willing for any to perish. Am I? Is that a quality of mine? Am I wanting to imitate my father in that category? Not willing for any to perish, but for all, for all to come to repentance. Do not want to see a soul lost. Do not want to see a soul accept or have to receive the consequence for the wickedness. Eternal damnation in hell. Do not want to see a soul to go through that. How do I do? How are we doing in that? How is our emotions, how is our expressions when we see what we see going on? When we hear what we hear, are we wanting to be like the Father? That grace that has reached down and brought salvation to man. Are we willing to extend that grace to others? He's loved us so that he gave his son. To what degree are we willing to go? Cannot give our souls? Do we give our life? Do we give what we have? Do we return unto God what he's given to us? Everything you have, he gave to you. Every talent that you have, even the ones you've got buried, whatever it is, he gave those to you. Whatever capability that you have, 
Every human being touches another human being. God gave that to you. How do we use what God has given to us? But it does come with a resolve that we have to make in our life. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Oh, I've already done that. I'm not charmed by the world's delight. Be careful. Think clearly. Do I allow the world's delights to charm me? Do I want to get caught up in them, want to pursue them in my life? Do I forget that whatever this world has to offer, it's all going to be gone one day? And only the eternal soul will remain. So the question is, is that soul right with God? That's your soul that we're asking this morning. You have to answer that. The question that we can ask others along the way, is your soul right with God? But each one has to answer as an individual. And every day, every breath that God gives to us is that opportunity that we have to make the life right with God. You're not where you need to be this morning. Simply because you're here does not mean you're right with God. Is your heart right with God? Have you made that resolved to be no longer charmed by the world's delight? If your life needs to be changed, be it to become a child of God or be it to renew that life in Christ Jesus again, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we do bid you to come as together we stand and sing.